Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. On this Friday, no longer can we call these football Fridays because we don't have football again until September. So we're going to change things up a little bit. And we're going to make it a Flyers Friday. So I know some people say, ah, we don't want to talk about the Flyers. But there are some Flyers fans here in the chat. And they're a team we should be getting excited about. So today will be a Flyers Friday. We're going to be joined later in the show by Ben York, head coach of the Shawnee High School ice hockey team, the Flyers Youth ice hockey team, and the Haverford School ice hockey team, and a big Flyers fan. So we're going to talk to him about these Philadelphia Flyers. And we'll do a little Eagles talk like we do every single day because the Eagles are still the number one show in town, even in the offseason. The Eagles are the number one show in town, so we'll do that as well. But I see some people commenting they like the Nike tracksuit. Xander, the producer, before we came on, liked the Nike tracksuit. I've worn this before. I don't know why it's uh, – maybe it just pops more with the brick background that people are noticing. But we are live on the Jacob Sports Network. We are also live across all my social media platforms, so make sure you are like, subscribe. Wine Niners Wine does my job for me. He tells you. Smash the like button, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on all social media. Wine Niners Wine, my man. But let's get a little roll call in the chat. We're also live here on TikTok as well. Let's see who we got in the house today on the Power Hour crew. Bry Guy, nice and early. Fanny Woods, flexing and stepping, my man. Jason A-Team. William Stark, I'm awake. Provolone John. Cody Elliott, Carlos Drew, Twiz, Big D. Thaddeus, Jimmy Wen, the ARS bench, Solvane, and I see a bunch of others checking in. I can't read them all, but good to see everybody here in the chat. Thaddeus says, it's football 365, Bill. You know this. You ain't wrong. You are not wrong, man. We will always talk Philadelphia Eagles, and I do want to talk about the Eagles today because a former all-pro safety is now available. A former All-Pro safety with ties to Vic Fangio is now available. So we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But last night, Fly Guys were in action. Big game against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto, trying to make it five straight wins. And it looked like they were going to lose this ice hockey game. They were down 3-1 in the third. And they do what this team does, man. They battle back. They score Garnet Hathaway. Just, I love the way he plays. I absolutely love that addition to this team. 
he puts in a goal right after a Delorier fight, sticking up for his teammate, got the whole team juiced. And then TK on the power play of all things. So last night they have an even strength goal, a power play goal, and of course the Philadelphia Flyers with a shorthanded goal again. So I know they lose the game in overtime, but a big point for the Philadelphia Flyers last night. So now that's five straight with points. So we'll take it because they continue to make things look like they're going to make the playoffs. We are going to get playoff hockey back in South Philadelphia. And you look at tomorrow night, the stadium series. I know these outdoor games have kind of lost their mystique because they have so many of them, but it's still cool. And this is a big game for the standings between the Flyers and the Devils. So we'll do more hockey talk later on in the show when we're joined by my man Ben York. Really dive into the Flyers on this Flyers Friday. Something new we're trying out. But let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles because an all-pro safety, Eddie Jackson, was released by the Chicago Bears. Salary cap dump. They're in rebuild still. It's tough to be a Bears fan, man. They still got to figure out what they're going to do with Justin Fields. Do they trade the number one overall pick? Do they trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams? So a lot of question marks in Chicago, but they release Eddie Jackson. Eagles need a safety. Eddie Jackson used to play for Vic Fangio. Eddie Jackson went to Alabama. Now, Howie Roseman usually takes Alabama players on the offensive side of the ball. And he takes the Georgia players on the defensive side of the ball. But maybe we could switch things up here. But Eddie Jackson, fourth rounder out of Alabama back in 2017. Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator there when Eddie Jackson was drafted. So that's why everybody's connecting the dots now. And he had probably the best year of his career under Vic Fangio. That was 2018. He was a first-team All-Pro back in 2018. He's been to the Pro Bowl twice, obviously 2018 when he made an All-Pro, but then again in 2019. As well. Now he's going to be 30 years old. He will not be 31 until December. Should the Philadelphia Eagles be interested in Eddie Jackson? Now he is five years removed from his last Pro Bowl, six years removed from his first team All Pro. But there are a lot of positives here with Eddie Jackson. Number one, in seven seasons with the Chicago Bears, not only has he played all 100 games, he has started all 100 games. So he's durable. Something that I'm not sure Reed Blankenship is. I still have high hopes for Reed. I think he's shown us a lot of promise in his first two seasons. But can Blankenship stay healthy? Well, that's something that Eddie Jackson has shown he can. And the other thing is, is from everything I'm hearing, from everything I'm reading, he was absolutely beloved in Chicago. A great team guy, a great leader, great for the city. So he checks a lot of boxes when you're talking about culture, when you're talking about a position of need, when you're talking about a guy who's been 
adorable and hasn't missed games in his career. But the major question is, how much does he have left? And can he still play at the all-pro level he played at six years ago? Now, I know the pro football focus grades aren't the Bible. Some people disagree with them. But I took a look at the pro football focus grades for Eddie Jackson over the last few years. Now, 2018, when he made his first team All-Pro, he had a 93 grade, which is insane. A 93 grade, a 95 grade in coverage. So, off the charts, man. But he hasn't really got close to that number since. Now, is that because he's getting older and he's losing a step? Or is it because he hasn't had a defensive coordinator like Vic Fangio? That's the million-dollar question. Because under Vic, who, if you haven't heard, is the new defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, can they get him back to playing at that level? Because that's just insane to have a 93 grade. And then things have kind of dipped a little bit. In 2019, he had a 67 grade. Then it dropped to a 60. Then a 59. Had a little bit of a bounce back year in 2022, up to a 76. But last year in Chicago, he only had a 59 grade, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, to put that into perspective, last year, Kevin Byard had a 74 grade. Reed Blankenship had a 73 grade. And I don't think those guys played very well, especially down the stretch. So, again, pro football focus, not the Bible, but sometimes can be an indicator as to how a guy is playing and how his career is trending. And Eddie Jackson has been trending down over the last couple of seasons. So, look, Vic Fangio knows this guy very well. So what I'm hoping is Vic Fangio gets in a room with Howie Roseman and they really do their research and they really study the film to determine what does Eddie Jackson have left. And if Fangio thinks he can get him back to the all-pro he was six years ago, well, then it's a no-brainer to bring him in. Absolute no-brainer. And I see Wine Niners wine in the chat. How's Spuds doing? Has, haven't had him on in a while. We need that over-the-top optimism. Spuds is enjoying his time off. When the season ends, Spadaro, he needs some time off, too. Because those, those guys are busy during the, during the season with appearances and things. So we, we won't have Spadaro on for a while. But what do you think? If you're in the chat, would you sign Eddie Jackson, former All-Pro? He won't be 31 until December. Kevin Byard will be 31 in August, relatively similar ages. Now, you know, and I've talked about it before on this show, there's no way Kevin Byard is back under his current deal. We've talked about this. This past season, Byard's cap hit was only $1.7 million. Going into 2024, his cap hit skyrockets in the final year of the deal to over 14 million. There is no way in hell he's back under that deal. If they cut him pre-June 1st, they save close to 13 million on the cap. So unless Kevin Byard agrees to an extension, he's out of here. They're going to have to restructure that deal. And if Byard says, no, 
I want to be paid more than what you're offering. They're just going to cut him and he's gone. So we'll see what happens. Now, I think a big monkey wrench was thrown into the Eagles' plans because we don't know how healthy Sidney Brown's going to be come season time, tearing his ACL. So would they take a flyer on a guy like Eddie Jackson? Yet to be determined. I'm just not sure what the guy has left in the tank. So everybody sees all pro, but that was six years ago. And if you look at the pro football focus grade, his career is starting to trend downward. And his best days may be behind him. So we'll see what they do. We also have the NBA All-Star Game this weekend. If you were into that, I'm not. I hate all All-Star Games. You know that. I didn't even watch the damn Pro Bowl games. But if you're into that, Tyrese Maxey will be in the skills competition tomorrow. And then he'll be making his first All-Star Game appearance on Sunday. We already talked about the NHL Stadium Series, big game. We'll talk some more flyers later on in the show. And then Phillies, pitchers and catchers reported on Wednesday. Are you excited for the Phils this year? Do you think they got a shot again? It's pretty much the same roster. It's pretty much the same roster. You look at that lineup, you'll have Schwarber leading off. I know some people disagree with that. But you'll have Schwarber leading off. I like Trey Turner at two. Bryce Harper at three. Alec Bohm batting cleanup this year. Bryson Stott right behind them. Then JT Romuto. Then Castellanos. And then hopefully Brad Marsh is able to get back from that little knee clean out he had. And then I'm okay going with Johan Rojas at center in the nine hole this year. But you look at that lineup that I just said. You're going lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, all the way down until you get to the seventh hole. I like that. And the starting pitching looks like it's going to be good this season. I know there's some question marks about who the closer is going to be, but I'm still hopeful that Kirkring can grow into that closing position. I know last year he had that one bad game in the NLCS, but that kid, the way he throws, he could be a closer. So I'm getting excited about the Phillies. I know it's a long way away, but you know, and that's the question I wanted to ask. Right now, we see the NBA trade deadline has come and gone. The Flyers, we know they're not going to be big buyers at the deadline, so their team is probably what their team's going to be. The Phillies, outside of maybe making one more big move, which I don't anticipate, we know what their team's going to look like. And with the Philadelphia Eagles, knowing who their coaching staff is, knowing who their quarterback is, knowing what they need to do to build back that defense, right now, if you had to predict what Philadelphia team will be the next team to win a championship in this city? It's a tough question. Because you look at the Phillies, and as good as the Phillies lineup is, for them to win a World Series, they have to go through the Dodgers, who are favorites to win the World Series now with all the moves they made, getting Otani. They'd have to still beat the Braves again. I think they could beat everybody else, but I know the Braves over the last two seasons, we have their number, but how many more times can we expect 
the Philadelphia Phillies to be able to beat the Braves in a wild card matchup. Because I don't see the Phillies winning the NL East. I just think the Braves are a better team. So we will see. And I see Bridget Tobin in the chat saying, I need your keys. They're in here, babe, if you want to come on in. So here she comes. Look at us getting stuff done while we're on the air. Thank you. So is it going to be the Phillies? I think you look at the teams, and the Phillies probably have the best team of the four when we're looking at our four Philadelphia teams, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Sixers, and the Eagles. The Phillies probably have the best team, but I also think the Phillies have the biggest competition, maybe second to the Sixers, because you look at the Sixers, can they get past the Boston Celtics? That's going to be tough. So, I don't know. If I had to project and say, hey, the next team to win a championship, as crazy as this may sound, I still am going with the Eagles. I'm still going with the Eagles because I still believe in Jalen Hurts as a franchise quarterback. And I think if you have a franchise quarterback, you always have a shot to win the championship. I look at the Flyers, anything's possible. The odds are against them, but we've seen crazier things happen in the NHL playoffs, and we'll talk to Ben York after the break about the Flyers. But they have a lot of odds up against them. They're still a young team. You look at the Sixers, I can't see them beating the Boston Celtics in a seven-game series. And you look at the Phillies, as much as they probably have the second-best shot to the Eagles, in my opinion, it's still going to be tough to think that they can get past the Braves again that they can get past the Dodgers again. I say again because we all remember Jimmy Rollins in 2008. That was awesome. And Matt stares into the night. What a great run that was. But so for me, I still have belief in Jalen Hurts and that offense. And as down as I have been on Howie Roseman in the way he built the Philadelphia Eagles defense last season, I still have faith and hope that he will learn from those mistakes. And with a guy like Vic Fangio in his ear, that we're going to see them build a really good defense this year. So I'm still going with the Philadelphia Eagles. That may change after free agency next month, but as of right now, I still think the Eagles will be the next team to win a championship. But let me know in the chat what you're thinking. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to be joined by my man, Ben York, Head ice hockey coach for Shawnee High School, Flyers Youth Hockey, Haverford School, and a big Flyers fan. And we're going to do a little Flyers Friday because this team deserves our attention with how hard they are playing. So hit that like button, hit that share button, make sure you are subscribed. And when we get back, we'll be joined by Ben York. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, 
We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Before the break, we were talking about what Philadelphia team will win the next championship for this city. The Phillies, the Sixers, the Eagles, or the Philadelphia Flyers. And it's crazy that we're even talking about the Philadelphia Flyers at the beginning of the season me, and I know most people in this city thought it was going to be a really rough season to watch, and it's been anything but. They are an entertaining team, they play hard, and they have a real shot to make the playoffs, and anything can happen in the NHL playoffs. So now we're going to do a little Flyers Friday, and we're going to welcome to the Power Hour for the first time, my man, Ben York. What's going on, Ben? Good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me on. My man, I appreciate you. You know, so Ben and I, we're golf buddies. We golf a lot together. He's a hell of a lot better than me, unfortunately, even though I try so damn hard. But I don't know how you have time to golf because I asked Ben, like, hey, how do you want me to introduce you? And he's the head ice hockey coach for Shawnee High School. He's the coach for Flyers Youth Hockey. He's a coach at the Haverford School. And you have a full-time job. How the hell do you have time to golf, man? Uh, definitely, uh, was limited golf rounds this year. Um, but you know, I, 
honestly, the, 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 the two, the two high school hockey seasons run, uh, pretty much from November until, uh, beginning of March. So not much golfing, you know, yeah. then, um, but as far as my other team goes, we're, we're a full year, um, you know, all year round we're, we're playing and practicing. So, uh, just got to plan around that. I'm lucky that I, I work from home predominantly and, um, I'm able to do, uh, most of my work around my hockey schedule. So I'm lucky in that way. All right, so let's jump into this Philadelphia Flyers team. I know you're a big Flyers fan. Yes, sir. How, how surprised are you about where this team is now, you know, basically three-quarters of the way through the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I am pleasantly surprised but not totally shocked. Um, did I think we would be battling for a, a second-place spot in the Metro at this point in the career or in the year? I, I don't I don't think so. Um you know, but you were talking about, you know, beginning of the year, right? Everybody was was leaving their season tickets. You know, everybody I knew uh, that had season tickets, they were they were getting rid of them. Um, you know, and, and I, I definitely felt like the faith was not there in this Flyers team. But um, they've shown time and time again that they are a, you know, a, a, a team that battles and they have heart. Um, they do the things that that you know, a lot of guys don't want to do the block shots, right? I mean, how aggressive they are on the penalty kill. It's it's really a fun thing to watch. And that's something you usually see under a John Tortorella coach team, right? I mean, that's kind of Definitely. his MO is he gets players to play hard. They sacrifice their bodies. They block a lot of shots. And that's why I think Tortorella's teams have had a lot of success in the playoffs, because if you can do that in the playoffs, you could beat anybody, right? Very much so. Um, for the Flyers, it's really going to come down to goaltending. Um, as we, you know, do hit the playoffs, um, you know, it's young goaltending, um, no playoff experience, right? Uh, huge question mark, whether we'll even see Carter Hart again, uh, in a Flyers uniform, um, you know, but Erson's stood on his head. Um, so it, it'll really come down to, you know, maintaining, maintaining this type of play, um, you know, keeping away from the injury bug and, you know, what type of goaltending we're going to have down the stretch. Yeah, the Sam Erickson signing turned out to be such a blessing. I mean, I don't know if Danny Briere and Keith Jones knew something was coming with Carter Hart, but what a great move that's turned out to be. Trade deadline's coming up next month. Do you think they'll add any goalie depth to this team? It's definitely an area where I think they could add. I would be surprised if they don't move Loughton for for something. Uh, it's been it's been a talk for a while now. Uh, his play has definitely picked up as of late, um, you know, which will definitely add to his trade value. Um, but you know, if they were to add something, I think it'd be a goaltender. You know, I think that's what this team needs. Otherwise, they're they're really gelling well, and the chemistry is there. So you mentioned Scotty Lawton maybe being on the trade block. They just named him an alternate captain, though. Do you think that changes anything? Well, he's been an alternate captain all year. Um, I think if you look at the Flyers roster, you know, he's probably the only player that, you know, I, I mean, I'm not the GM, but the only player that I would be okay with leaving, you know, I mean, you look at the young crop that we have, you know, there, there are, there are top talent, right. And, you know, then you look beyond that, our veterans, I mean, I, I don't see them moving, you know, um, and with, with Couturier being named captain, which was perfect. Um, you know, they have the leadership in place. I just think it, it, it could make sense for them to move him. 
I was all in favor of them naming Coots the captain. I've seen some fans say, hey, it should have been Travis Konechny's. My thoughts on that are, let this guy, talking about TK, continue to develop without the pressure of the C on his sweater. As a coach, as a guy who's played a lot of hockey in your career, when you put that C on a young guy, how much weight is that? How much burden does that put on a player? It's a lot. I mean, you know, actually, Torch talked about, you know, being a pro, what it takes to being a pro recently. I think it was earlier this week he, he had talked about it after the incident, um, you know, with with the Senators and the Leafs. Um, you know, he's it, – it's a certain type of persona you have to have. You have to carry yourself a certain way as a captain of a team. You know, I think that's part of the reason why Torts waited so long to name a captain because he really wanted to see what this – what was going to unfold with this team and who was going to emerge as, as a leader. I mean, I always thought Couturier had what it took to be, you know, to be a captain. I mean, I think he could have been named a year or two ago, um, you know, with Giroux leaving. Um, but, you know, you kind of just sometimes need to see how things play out. And I totally agree with you. There's some extra weight, you know, that you don't necessarily want to put on TK, um, you know, and a lot of people don't realize how long Coots has been in the league. You know, he he came in as an 18-year-old. He earned his spot on the team, you know, which is not easy to do, you know. Um, and he's maintained the level of play. Aside from his injuries, you know, as of late, people forgot how, how impactful he was on all ends of the ice. Yeah, I remember when Coots, his rookie season, he had 10 games before they had to send them back to juniors. And everyone thought, okay, he'll get his 10 games and then they'll send them back down. And he was so damn impressive, even as a 19-year-old kid. They kept him here, and the rest yep. is history. And I was telling a story the other day about how he was living with Danny Briere in, in Haddonfield, and I'm out to dinner, and you see Briere come in with Sean Couturier, and Couturier was legitimately a freaking kid. And then you'd watch him on the ice shut down Sidney Crosby, who's one of the best players we've ever seen. He's definitely earned this, and, and I'm happy that Coots is here. And I just asked you about Lawton. Get He was the alternate all season, like you mentioned, but, hey, does that mean he's safe? This definitely means Coots is safe, which I'm happy with because I saw some rumors, hey, maybe they'll move on from Couturier. You like doing this quote-unquote rebuild with Couturier involved, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I love him at the at the helm, you know, leading the team. I mean, he embodies torts, right? You know, he's he's that gritty player. You know, he, he, will, he will muck it up. You know, he'll play defensively. He'll score goals. You know, I mean – Look at some of his shootout goals this year. And, and I mean, he's the guy can play. You know, he, he, he's an, as much offensive as he is defensive. So you mentioned Scotty Lawton, maybe a trade candidate. Anybody else on this team that you could see the Flyers saying, we're going to move on from to recoup some assets for down the road? I, I, that's where I struggle. I don't know if I see anybody else. Um, I heard a stat last night during the game. You know, Wheeler's leading the league in blocked shots. I mean, the defensive core looks so solid. It's, it's a nice combination of offensive defensemen and true stay-at-home defensemen. Um, I think you got your mind on the Phillies. You said Wheeler. You mean Walker, right? Or Walker, my bad, yeah. Yeah, you got your mind on the Phillies. We could do some yeah. Phillies talk, too, I was if thinking, you want. I was thinking about the Phillies. <laughs> I was listening to the show as a, before I got on. But, um, yeah, Walker's leading the league in block shots. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing. You know, Sealer, unbelievable. Um, you know, everything, everything that they're doing defensively is, is right. You know, Drysdale's is the way he moves. I mean, 
you know, watch him on the power play as he, he, he comes up the ice. I mean, he's constantly shifting. He's constantly opening up and closing his hips. Uh, it's really, really something to watch. Uh, and like you and I were talking about, I think just their problem right now on the power play is just kind of tweaking some things. You know, it's just some minor tweaks. They got one last night, which was a big one, too, to tie the game from TK. What makes this team so dangerous on the penalty kill? Why do they get so many shorthanded goals? It's the aggressiveness um, and the block shots, right? I mean, you, you know, you can develop a quick odd man rush off off of a off of a block shot on a penalty kill. Um, you know, if it's if it's done correctly, you know, right? Because everybody's trapped down low, set up. Um, you know, so it's it's really interesting to see how Torts coaches this. Um, because I, I have personally noticed it as well. Um, you know, it's, it's within, within hockey in general, you know, coaches are, uh, much more keen on having an aggressive penalty kill, um, where they can create opportunities off the penalty kill, um, really than before, you know, a, a stay at home penalty kill, you know, a box or, or something that's, that's stationary. You just don't see it as much. You're seeing much more aggressive, um, penalty, penalty kill tactics. And that's, what's resulting in goals for the flyers and they can score off the rush. You know, that's the other thing. Like they, these aren't easy goals that they're scoring. I mean, they're, you know, they're goals off the rush that, that are, that are created off of block shots. Yeah. It's fun to watch. It really is, but it's just, I know you said the power play, just little tweaks here or there, but I can't, I keep thinking to myself how much better this team would be because they're good five on five. They're good down a man. If they could just have a half decent power play. I mean, they're one of the worst in the NHL on the power play. If they could just be half decent, they may be able to make a little bit of a run in the playoffs with this team. What do you think? Definitely. You know, definitely. I, I'm sure it's on Torts' mind, you know. Uh, I'm sure it's something that they're constantly working on. I'm sure they're happy they scored a power play goal last night, you know. Um, you know, it's it's little wins. You know, the power play can click at any moment. Um, you know, most of these teams are running a pretty similar format on their power play, too. So, um, you know, it, it can be easy to defend as well. Um, so sometimes just a little chemistry change, um, maybe just a little lineup change and, uh, that's all it needs. Um, but some of these set plays that they have for Owen Tippett, um, really are, are interesting. You know, the guy is so fast, um, they can spring him, um, they can send him the puck, you know, defenseman flicks it out of the zone, pass the D and he's beating the D to the puck. You know, they run that play off the blue line too, where they stretch pass to him and then he's hitting a guy in stride off the wall. Um, it is, you know, it's really something to watch. It's, it's, it's not like they don't have the op opportunities either. You know, that's, that's the other kicker. Um, they get the opportunities, even, even some of the power plays last night, they were set up for a while and just, just couldn't get it in. Yeah. What a trade that turned out to be. I know Chuck Fletcher is not here anymore, but we got to give him credit because trading Giroux and getting Owen Tippett and a first round draft pick to Florida, what did Florida get? Like, 18 games out of Drew. I mean, that turned out to be an unbelievable pick. Tippett looks like he's going to be an absolute star, man. Absolutely. Florida was banking on a run in the playoffs that year and, you know, didn't shake up that way. And uh, Drew was, you know, Drew moved on anyway. But, um, you know, we definitely won that trade. Tippett is only going to get better. And frankly, I thought he was going to really, really hit his stride before he got hurt. He was really coming along. Uh, he saw some of those prolific goals and then he got hurt. It just knocked him back a little bit. Um, but I think you'll start to see him heat up again and uh, come playoff time. I think he's going to be a huge impact player. That man can move. 
Yeah, and you look at the Flyers when they had that little five-game skid where they lost five in a row before the break. They had a lot going on. Tippett was out. Carter Hart news came out that he was leaving the team, but now they've bounced back in a big way, points in five straight. Let's talk a little bit about last night's game. Yeah. Let's talk about the Maple Leafs for a second. Austin Matthews. Dude, that guy is an absolute beast, man. I've never seen a release like that, Ben. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, Bedard, you know, he he basically even credits it, right? Like watching Austin Matthews shoot the puck. You know, it's it's unbelievable. Um, the third goal, he put right through our defenseman's legs and just ripped it in. I mean, he knows where to be. They know where to find him. Um, you know, even on the power play, his second goal set up nice for a one-timer. Um, I mean, it is just something to watch. Um, I think he scored all three in eight minutes or something. You know, yeah, natural, natural hat trick. Hat trick. Yep. You know, we know the, the stat the stat they put up last night, and I knew Austin Matthews was good, but I was surprised at the stat they put up last night that since he's entered the league in what was it, 2016 or 2017, he has the most goals in the NHL by over 30 goals more than Alex Ovechkin and some of these other guys. I, I knew he was good. I didn't realize he was that good, Ben. Also, he, the franchise leader for the Leafs is Matt Sundin. He's about to catch Matt Sundin as the franchise leader in goals. And Matt Sundin played forever. <laughs> and he was always a Leaf. <laughs> when stuff like this happened, because where did they – did they draft him one overall, Austin Matthews? Uh, I want to say yes. And I think he was a one overall pick. Um, one or two, definitely. I'm going to look now when he was, when he was drafted. Because this always gets me frustrated that when the Philadelphia Flyers – Absolutely. Yeah, he was selected first overall in 2016. What bothers me is the two seasons where the Philadelphia Flyers absolutely have stunk over the last like 15, 20 years, they don't get the number one overall pick. We lose out on Patrick Kane and we get James Van Riemsdyk, decent player, but not Patrick Kane level. And then the other year that they stunk, they ended up getting Nolan Patrick, who had all his issues that he's had. And then you look at these other teams like, the Penguins, when they stink, they get Sidney Crosby, they get Evgeny Malkin, they get Marc-Andre Fleury. You look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're getting Austin Matthews. The Washington Capitals get Alex Ovechkin. Why can't we get a guy like that, man, when we stink? It's the Philly Philly curse. I mean, I don't know what else I can say about it. You know, it's, it's the Flyers curse. Um, I mean, we had bad general drafting, you know, for a while with the Flyers. I mean, I guess you could say that about all Philly sports. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's disheartening. I mean, Kane ended it for us too, you know, right. I, I was oh, at that game when game uh, six, nobody yeah. even knew it was in the net. Nobody. You were there? Only, yeah. I was, I was, uh, in a great, great area too, to see that puck go in. I knew it was in, um, but you know, it, no, no one in that, no one in that arena knew that it was in, but I don't like to talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> as, as far as the, uh, the drafting goes, you know, let's, let's hope that, you know, these last couple of years for the Flyers is a turnaround. I mean, some of these guys that we've drafted have really come along. Um, you know, and Carter Hart was coming along until all this this happened. I mean, he was turning into a really reliable number one. Um, you know, and and we'll see what happens with our <laughs> with our Russian draft pick if we'll ever get uh, get to see him in a Flyers uniform. Um, you know, so it, it's a curse, but also I think we're coming out of it. You know. And you mentioned drafts. Let's let me talk to you. Get your take on the whole gutter Gauthier situation. You know what do you think happened there, and should we be excited about Jamie Drysdale? 
I think we should be excited about Jamie Drysdale. He has a lot of upside and already has a solid foundation in the NHL. Um, but as far as, as Gauthier goes, um, I don't know why, but in my gut, I think there was conversations that were had with, with people in his circle, uh, people that he was getting influence from, um, guidance from that basically said, you don't want to play for Tortorella and you don't want to play for the Flyers. Um, you know, he's a young, impressionable kid. Uh, I think it was handled horribly. Um, I think he could have handled it like a pro. Um, going back to what Tort said about, you know, these young guys coming up and acting like pros. Um, you know, I, I, I just, it, it's, it's not somebody that I think we want here. Right. You know, I, I don't, I don't want someone who handles situations like that. Um, you know, doesn't, doesn't even respond to, uh, to management and, uh, and owners and whatnot, and, and just handles it poorly. I think it was just, it was very disheartening to hear, but at the same time, I think good came out of it. Um, and you know, you don't want to play here. Fine. Don't play here. Yeah. What kind of welcome you think he's going to get when he comes to Philly next season? It'll be a nice welcome, nice warm welcome. I'll make sure I'll be there. Um, you know, he could be a bust too. That's the other thing that a lot of people got to realize too. Like, you know, he's a, he's a standard winger that can score, but you know, would he even fit in with Torts' system in the long run? Right. Like, would he play a defensive minded game? You know, um, would he play defense first? You know, I don't know. I didn't see much of that from him in, in, in what I've watched from and watched in the, the world juniors. And I watched a little bit in his college games. Um, very offensive minded. Uh, we got a question in the chat. I don't know if you follow the Allentown Phantoms at all, but they're saying, does Ben know anyone in Allentown that's worth moving up to this Flyers roster? Um, I think it's more so who we've moved down that are like Bobby Brink is, is down there right now. Um, and I think you could see him bop, bop back up soon. Um, we saw some flashes from him early on. Um, you know, I, I, I can't imagine many others really cracking the lineup at this point now with, with Kate's back and, and Tippett healthy. Um, I just, I don't see anybody, you know, really. Yeah. And, and last, last one for you, because a guy that I know Flyers fans love and I love because he just plays such a good brand of hockey is Garnet Hathaway. What does a guy like Hathaway mean to a team? What does he add to that locker room and on the ice that really gets the, the team jumped? So he's the kind of guy that, you know, has your back. So he brings this level of confidence in the locker room up. Um, you know, he, he's not afraid to get in there, but he's also, you know, he's a player. Um, you know, he, he had eight hits last night. I was looking at the stats earlier. Um, you know, he had like just around 15 minutes of ice time. Um, but he rounds out the lineup, right? Like a guy like that, you know, you can kind of put in a bunch of different situations. Um, you know, he's, he's a veteran too. The guy's been in the league a while. Um, so, you know, not only confidence, but, you know, just, just peace of mind for, for torts. You can kind of plug that guy in where you need him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm just hoping that we get some playoff hockey, maybe steal a series, maybe two, you never know with the NHL playoffs, big game tomorrow night, stadium series. Yep. So, but let, let's digress for a second. Did you sign up for president's cup? I just got the email. I signed up for men's league and then I, uh, I have to get a partner for president's cup. So. Uh, yeah, President's Cup's the big tournament, big partner tournament at our at our club, me and Ben. So, thankfully, handicaps are factored in or I'd have no shot. 
It's a long, long tournament the whole season. So Yeah, it's fun. Ben, I appreciate you making time, man. We'll have to have you back on, do some Flyers talk, because I know not everybody here on the Power Hour are Flyers fans, but I don't think we're talking enough about this team. They play really hard. They really are a team that the city of Philadelphia should get behind. I think so, and I think a lot of the Flyers fans will come back out of the woodwork. You know, remember those playoff days. You know, it's there's nothing like the Wells Fargo Center playoff hockey. Best, dude. Walking down there outside the Wells Fargo, and you're wearing a T-shirt, and then you go inside to the Wells Fargo. Everyone's got their orange shirts on that they're usually giving away at the door. Dude, there's nothing like playoff hockey, especially in person, man. Nope, nope. I can't wait. I just got my tickets for the first series, so I'm I'm banking on them making it. Wow, they sold them already. They're selling playoff tickets already. Well, I'm a season ticket holder, so I, uh, I, I, they get to us first. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, Ben, I appreciate you, my man. We'll have you back on. Thank you, Bill. I really appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You too. Let's go Flyers. All right, Ben York making some time for us. I know. I see you guys in the chat. Not everybody loves hockey, but I'm telling you, I've been saying this for months now, that you should turn your attention back to this Philadelphia Flyers team. It's not only are they making a run, it's the way they play. You will love to watch this Flyers team. They really are. When we talk about a team embodying the spirit of city, the city of Philadelphia, the way they play is a team we can rally behind. They play hard. They sacrifice their body to block shots. They stand up for each other. You watched last night. I think it was Walker or Sealer. I can't remember who takes a tough hit. Delorier jumps right up. Fights the guy, no questions asked. That's the type of team, that's the type of culture they've built. They have some really good players like that with Delorier and Hathaway who play hard, who aren't afraid to throw their body around, but they also have some skill. You talk, you heard Ben talking about Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett's going to be a star in this league. Travis Konechny is already an all-star and is continuing to get better every single game. They're a fun team to watch. I'm telling you, get on the bandwagon now. Because come this spring, when there's playoff hockey, everybody's going to be buzzing in the city about the Philadelphia Flyers. And you could say, hey, I, I've been watching this team for a while. Bill from the Power Hour told me to get on the bandwagon, and I did months ago. I know Wine Niners Wine in the chat's been on the damn bandwagon from the beginning of the season. So it took me a little bit of time. I did not expect the Flyers to do that much this season. And they've surprised me. I'm pleasantly surprised. But let's switch gears. We'll do a little... A little more Eagles talk before the end of the show because I know everybody here wants to talk some Eagles. So we were talking about whether or not the Eagles should make a move for Eddie Jackson. And that's really going to come down to, I think, what they feel about Sidney Brown's injury. Is Sidney Brown going to be healthy next season? Is he going to be ready? And then if that's the case, how do we feel about our starting safeties being Reed Blankenship and Sidney Brown. If you're here in the chat, would you be okay with a starting safety crew of Reed Blankenship and Sidney Brown? Or do you think they need to go out and make a big splash in free agency at the safety position? I personally think they need somebody else. Man, almost made it through the show without coughing today. But I still think they need another safety. Because number one, as high as I am on Sidney Brown, and I think Sidney Brown is going to grow into being a really good player, 
One, we don't know about his health. And two, we really don't know how much of a leap he makes in year two. Is he going to be ready in year two? And then you look at Reed Blankenship. As much as he's shown some promise over his first two seasons, we don't know what we have in Reed Blankenship. But really, the bigger question mark on both of those guys, Reed Blankenship and Sidney Brown, can these guys stay healthy for a 17-game season? Reed Blankenship hasn't shown that he can. And the way Sidney Brown throws his body around, it's going to make him loved in the city of Philadelphia. But can he stay healthy? Can you throw your body around the way he does at his size and play a 17-game season? So I do think they need to bring in somebody. But that's why now let's go back to the Eddie Jackson signing. If they could get a guy like Eddie Jackson at a decent price, it could make sense. I just don't know what Eddie Jackson's going to be looking for in free agency. How much money is Eddie Jackson going to want in free agency? But he could be a really good fit. Now, I know we just made the move to get Kevin Byard, but like we've talked about before, Kevin Byard is not coming back under that current deal. It's not going to happen. Maybe they get him to renegotiate. So let me ask you while we're talking about safety in the chat. If Kevin Byard was willing to renegotiate and you could get him a lot cheaper, would we feel comfortable with Reed Blankenship, Kevin Byard, and then Sidney Brown coming back from injury, hopefully not too late into the season? Would you be okay with that as your safety position? And then maybe draft in a guy. Or do you think they need to make a big splash and bring in another guy in free agency, whether it's Eddie Jackson or somebody else? Because who else is available at safety? Antoine Winfield Jr. would be the biggest splash. He's a free agent. He's extremely good, all pro. He would be the big splash. He's going to probably require a lot of money. And then there's some other safeties who are going to be available. Kyle Duger from New England, Cameron Curl from Washington, Xavier McKinney from the Giants, Geno Stone from the Baltimore Ravens. These are safeties who are free agents. And now you add Eddie Jackson into the mix. So who do we want? And Twiz is saying he's going to get tagged. You think Antoine Winfield gets tagged, Twiz? Is that who you're talking about? Let me know if that's who you think is going to get tagged, Antoine Winfield. And just a reminder of when that can happen. Give you the dates real quick. February 20th is when NFL team – oh, show enough saying stone. Twiz, let me know who you think's getting tagged in the chat. If you think it's going to be Antoine Winfield or if it's somebody else. Let me know. Twiz, if you if you hear me, what who you think's getting t- uh, the tag? But teams can, yeah, Antoine. So Twiz thinks Antoine Winfield's getting tagged. That wouldn't be a surprise. The guy's an absolute stud, and Tampa Bay is not in a rebuilding mode. They want to win now. They just went and won a wild card game against the Eagles, unfortunately. So that wouldn't surprise me if Antoine Winfield does get the franchise tag if they can't agree to a long term deal because he's a stud. Franchise tag window opens up February 20th. 
is when teams can start franchise franchise tagging players and the player will have until March 5th to sign the franchise tag. And the franchise tag is the top five salaries at the position or 120% of their prior year contract, whichever is higher. So I don't know if we have the numbers yet on what the franchise tags will be, but they'll release those soon. But we talked about this before on the show that I don't see the Eagles using the franchise tag on anybody. There's no free agent on this team that would warrant a franchise tag. The Philadelphia Eagles don't like to use the franchise tag anyway. We haven't seen them use the tag since 2012 with Deshaun Jackson. And they were able to enter into a long-term deal before the franchise tag even went into effect. They used it in 2011 on Michael Vick, same deal. He signed a long-term deal before the tag went into effect. They used it in 2008 on LJ Smith. So this, this team, Howie Roseman, the Philadelphia Eagles, they don't like to use the franchise tag. And there's no free agent on this team that would warrant the tag ever on this team. Last year, we thought maybe would they use it on a Javon Hargrave or a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or even a James Bradbury? Would they use the tag? They ended up not doing it because they don't like using the tag. And the reason why Howie Roseman doesn't like to use the tag is because you don't get to be creative with the cap hit like Howie Roseman likes to be creative with the cap. You can't do that with the tag. It is what it is. So you look at these free agents, there is no one on offense that would warrant it. I know some people may say, oh, DeAndre Swift. Not happening. Because the running back franchise tag number is going to be over $11 million. There's no way in hell they're paying DeAndre Swift an $11 million contract for one year. No way in hell. Maybe Swift comes back. I don't see it happening. I would like him to come back but I think he'll probably get more money elsewhere. But they wouldn't even give Miles Sanders four years, $25 million, which was an annual hit of six. There's no way they're going to do a franchise tag for 11. So outside of him, who else would we use the franchise tag on? There's nobody. Nobody on offense. You look at that defense, there's definitely no one on the defense. They're not using it on Brandon Graham or Fletcher Cox. They're certainly not using it on Shaq Leonard, Zach Cunningham, Sean Bradley, Nick Morrow, or Justin Evans. So, not happening. Not happening at all. And we talked a little bit yesterday about this whole Hassan Reddick situation. And I'm not understanding why some fans are having issues with what's going on here. I think that they're handling this the right way. If Hassan Reddick wants to be paid over $25 million, which is being reported that's how he wants to be paid. I'm completely okay with the Philadelphia Eagles saying, if that's how you want to be paid, then go see if another team will pay you that much. Find out what your fair market value is. Come back to us. Let us know what that team's willing to pay you. We'll see if we can do it. If not, we need to figure out what would be fair trade compensation and most importantly, how the Eagles can get the most cap relief. Because Reddick has the highest cap hit on this team by far next year. Close to $22 million is Reddick's cap hit 
if nothing changes between now and when the season starts. There's nobody close to him. Lane Johnson's at $16 million. Kevin Byard at 14, but that contract will definitely not be in effect. They'll either extend him or cut him. And Jalen Hurts is only 13.5. So you look at Jalen Hurts' big overall number, $255 million contract, his cap hit's only $13.5 million this year. So I'm completely okay with what's going on with Redick. And we've talked about this before. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that neither side was happy with the deal. Now we'll see if, hey, what's his fair market value and can the Eagles pay him? And if not, you can't be emotionally attached to players. You can't. It's the same reason why I sit up here and some of you get mad at me for saying it. Jason Kelsey. We can't be emotionally attached. If you took the name Jason Kelsey out of the equation and we were simply talking about should the Philadelphia Eagles sign the highest paid center in the NFL, a lot of you would agree with me and say, no way. Too many other needs. This is why you drafted Cam Jurgens. Move Cam Jurgens over to center. Put Tyler Steen at right guard. No way we have the luxury of paying the highest paid center in the league. Too many other positions. But because we throw Jason Kelsey's name on it, and I get it, there's emotion that comes out of it. We love Jason Kelsey. You can't make decisions with emotion. That's where you get in trouble. But like we end every Philly Sports Power Hour with a little today in sports history, well, today we have a birthday. February 16th, 1961, Brett Brown was born. We all remember Brett Brown with the 76ers. Unfortunately, this poor guy was asked to coach the team through the process. (laughs) Poor guy. We'll never have a winning record as a head coach because of that. His career record, 221 and 344. And you look, Brett Brown in his last three seasons here wasn't that bad. Had winning records all three years, 52 and 30, then 51 and 31, and 43 and 30. But those process years, 19 wins, 18 wins, 10 wins one year. In 2015, they were 10 and 72. Poor guy. Man, Brett Brown. Happy birthday, Brett Brown. Apologize for you having to coach us through the process. But anyway, this was the Philly Sports Power Hour. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Reminder, you can catch me tomorrow and Sunday on The Fanatic from 9 to 12. Be happy to hear from some of you on the air if you want to tune in and give me a call. If not, I'll see you back here Monday morning. 10 o'clock on the Power Hour. Everybody have a great weekend. Appreciate you spending this hour with me. And as always, go Birds. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.